You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure, long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You're listening to the Fly the W670, the podcast. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on your radio home for our Chicago Cubs, and that is 670, the score. Guys are on there from 5.30 until 10 each morning. I help warm things up between 5 and 5.30, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, afternoon. How you doing? Uh, after yesterday's party, I'm doing okay. But, uh, happy that the Cubs took three out of four. Uh, you can follow me at Crawley's Cubs. You can follow us at Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram and Fly the W on Facebook, along with our email, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Absolutely. This is season one. It is episode 26 already, Crowley. And we're calling this one Battling the Brew Crew. But before that, before that, there was a quick makeup game out in Baltimore, and Adrian Sampson was on the bump for our North Siders. You know how much I've been pining for Adrian Sampson to get that first win as well as he's pitched all season and it just either no run support or he just missed qualifying with innings. But, you know, this this was kind of an amazing play here. Top of the fifth, there's no score, there's one out. Austin Hayes for Baltimore doubles. Rofino Dorse singles. And so you had runners at, uh, it ends up being, you have the runners at the corners. Uh, Jorge Mateo reaches on a fielder's choice. This was an amazing play. Adrian Sampson with like a little scoop shuttle on, on a little on a little kind of roller on by Jorge Mateo. He, the only one that can make the play on that one is Adrian Sampson. And literally in one motion, scoops it and shovels it to Wilson Contreras. Hayes is out at home and Cedric Mullins pops up to end the threat. So an absolutely amazing athletic play by Adrian Sampson. Yeah, if you like pulled that one out of uh, out of you know what, I mean that was a great play, and that was part of why you pull for a guy like that. When a guy who tries that hard to do that kind of stuff, you gotta pull. You gotta be you gotta be entertained. You gotta pull. You gotta you gotta want that guy to succeed, Crowley. Absolutely, and so it's still a scoreless game when we get to the top of the six, and Wilson Contreras uh, ends up hitting a solo home run, his 18th of the season, and the Cubs go up one nothing. Top of the eighth, Rafael Ortega homers. The Cubs lead 2-0. Magical lines out, but then right after that, Wilson Contreras hits it. So two solo home runs in the innings. The Cubs are up 3-0. Now, it wouldn't be the Cubs without it getting a little bit exciting because in the bottom <laughs> of the eighth, Sean Newcomb walks Cedric Mullins and Adley Rushman 
Eric Ullman comes in. Ryan Moncastle singles. There's an error on Velasquez. He kind of overran the ball and had to go back. Mullen score. Richmond goes to third, so the Cubs lead 3-1. to one. Pass ball by Wilson, and so uh, Moncastle gets to third. Anthony Santander hits a sack fly, so that makes it 3-2. to two. Moncastle to third, but there's a big play. Uh, Ramon Urias reaches on a fielder's choice. McKinsey to Contreras. Moncastle was out at home. So it was the old contact play, and this one works in the benefit of the Cubs to get the out at home. And then Ryan McKenna strikes out singing to end the threat with the Cubs still leading three to two. And that's how the game is going to end with Brandon Hughes on the mound for the save. And so exciting because that was Brandon Hughes's first save of the year and first career save. And it was Samson's first victory of the season. 5.2 innings pitched, four hits, zero runs, two walks, six Ks, first win of 2022. Now, I don't know if either Brandon Hughes or Adrian Sampson are going to be part of the next good-slash-great Cubs team, but good for them. Good for them on this afternoon in Baltimore against the Orioles getting their first win in their first save. you got to be Listen, you got to be happy for guys like that. And again, we've talked about it before, wins versus development, and in this case, Crowley, we got both. Yeah, and Sampson has done everything, and he can, he can definitely be used as a swing man. And Brandon Hughes, you're seeing he's getting more and more trust from David Ross. Uh, so hopefully he can keep it up. The offense had three runs on eight hits. They left five men on base, 0 for 3 with runnings and scored position, so not a lot of chances. But Wilson, 2 for 4 with the two homers, and Fran Mil Reyes was 2 for 4 as well. The Orioles had, uh, you know, their starting pitcher gave up 5.2 innings pitch, five hits, one run, two Ks. Their offense had two runs on six hits, eight left on bait and two base, and 2 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, that sounds like the Cubs usually, right? 2 for 8 with uh, the old RISP. So, yeah, yeah, listen, yep. Reyes, Reyes continues, and we're going to keep talking about. I mean, Reyes just keeps. I hope that I hope that Jed Hoyer and Reyes's people are somewhere pounding out a contract right now. Well, the thing you're looking at too is that okay, you know, we talked about how the Cubs were doing really well playing Washington and Cincinnati and Miami and kind of these teams. Baltimore is very much in the race for the wild card spot. Yes, they, so are. they are running here, and then the next team to come in town is the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, who are trying to are contending for contending for a wild spot as well? That's right. So we get to fly a W. The Cubs took care of the Royals. Samson gets that first win. Brandon Hughes that first save. Crowley, you just mentioned the Brewers. Let's turn the page. Let's go rewind back to Friday. Wrigley Field, the place to be. Game one between the Cubs and the Brewers. Keegan Thompson throwing for the Northsiders in this one. Yeah, and the Cubs are going to win. It's Keegan Thompson versus Aaron Ashby. Top of the first, Yellow, Christian Yelich singles. Keegan gets the next two outs, but but notorious Cub killer Andrew McCutcheon hits a home run. I swear to God, they could get that guy out of the retirement home in 20 years and put in. He'd hit a home run against the Cubs. Just ridiculous. Yeah, he's been he's been just. You're right. He's just been a killer. Just a killer. It's one of those guys. You're like, boy. I wonder if Andrew McCutcheon's had ever been like a regular. 80 game guy at Wrigley Field. Like, what what kind of numbers would he put up? He just seems to enjoy hitting at Wrigley so much. Yeah. So the Cubs are down two nothing early. Bottom of the first though. Nick Magical singles. He gets to second on a wild pitch. With two outs, Magical on second. Seiya Suzuki doubles. Magical score. Cubs lead one nothing. And as you were just talking about, the Franimal comes in and he triples. Suzuki scores. The game's tied at two. Ian Happ with a dribbler towards third. No plays to be made. Reyes scores. And so after one, the Cubs lead three to two. 
And Crowley, I was in Vegas for this game at Circus Sports, the world's largest sports book. And if you're into sports betting, um, there is nowhere finer in Las Vegas than to watch uh, games and to bet on games than Circus Sports. Give them a follow on social media. The total in this one, Crowley, was uh, nine. So I was feeling really good having bet over nine with a 3-2 score after one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So bottom of the second one out. Morell and Magical with back-to-back singles. I think, Dustin, I think you're liking Nikki Two Strikes now a lot more. A lot more. A, a, lot wild, more. Pitch, <laughs> a wild pitch advances the runners. Wilson Contreras with the sack fly. Morell scores, and the Cubs lead 4-2. to two. Top of the third, one out. God, I hate Rowdy Telez. I just hate <laughs> everything about that man's existence. It sounds like a pro wrestler name, right? Rowdy Telez, you know, the Rowdy Roddy Piper. Just sounds like a wrestler's he, name. He, he looks like a wrestler. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's one of those guys like Dan Vogelbach and, you know, before yeah. before Schwarber went on the diets and stuff like that. Like, just look like guys that look more at home playing 16 in softball in, 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 you know, Rogers Park than playing in the big leagues. But, uh you know, it, with in top of the fourth, two outs, Keegan Thompson walks Willie, Ad, uh, walks, uh, Willie Adamas, and Keegan is pulled. Okay, so he doesn't make it through four. And you and I talked about this a while, Dustin, and I had been, I'd been telling people for a long time, these guys are going to, I'm, I'm concerned, they're going to have to shut them down. I, I said Labor Day is what I thought that I'd see. Um, I, I was concerned about Thompson more than Steele. I'll put it that way. And, uh, you know, sure enough, he gets pulled from that game, and we later find out he's going on the IL with a lower back injury. Right, right. It's going to catch up to him. This was not what he was expected to be doing. This was not his role in spring training. Right, and so and, and so you prepare somewhat differently, and, and, and it's just completely different. And so I, I hope it's nothing big. And I don't know if this is a real injury or the type of injury that's like, look, kid, just get some rest. You know what I mean? Right. I'm hoping for the um, later. Right, so that that's the hope because he's been so great this year. The bottom of the fifth, Nick Magical singles, Contreras grounds out, Magical gets to second. Patrick Wisdom, who I had a chance to interview yesterday, hits a home run and the Cubs lead six to five. Wisdom had one heck of a weekend. So this is going back and forth, classic Cubs Brewers. Top of the six, Kervin Castro pitching, and I don't think you're going to see him in a Cubs uniform much longer. Leadoff walk to Luis Urias. Victor Caratini strikes out. Tyrone Taylor doubles. Second and third, one out. Stephen Brault replaces Castro. Yelich grounds out. Urias scores. The game's tied at six. Willie Adamez, who's just looked so good for the Brewers all season, he gets a single that goes off the wrist of Morrell. He should have put it in his pocket. So it basically kind of like bounced off his wrist, makes an incredible athletic play to catch it in his hand, and he's kind of throwing back, and he just completely airmails it. I mean, like, you didn't, it didn't go in the outfield. You know what I mean? Just just pocket the ball, but he he throws it. It was an ill-advised throw. Tyrone Taylor scores, and the Brewers are now take the lead 7-6. to six. You know, sometimes he's going to have to learn. You live to fight another yeah, day on th- that th- one. But this is, Crowley, this, this, is, this is development. That, 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 is the, that is the picture of development. What you just described, <laughs> right, that's development. Now, if you had money on the Cubs, which I end up having, and I end up being happy not to kill the story, but we already said at the start that they won this game, I was a little upset at that point because of that. Well, it added to the over, so at the bottom of the six, Ian Happ with the leadoff singer, single, Velasquez and Higgins strike out. You got two out. Morrell, homers, Happ along for the ride, and the Cubs lead 8-7, to seven, and that's how it'll end. Uh, the concern, Keegan, 3.2 innings, six hits, five runs, three walks, three Ks. 
Um, but again, put on the IL. The bullpen really helped save the day on this one. They went 5.1 innings pitch, three hits, two runs. So great job there. The offense was really the story for both teams this game. Eight yeah. runs, ten hits, four left on base. How about this one, Dustin? Four for nine with runners in scoring position. About 50% on that. That'll play. That'll play every day. Plus the wind was blowing out. That helped. Magical three for four. Hap two for four. Morell two for three. Uh, for the Brewers, Ashby had five innings uh, pitched, eight hits, six runs, zero walks, eight Ks. The offense had seven runs, nine hits, five left on base, one for four with runners in scoring position. Hunter Renfro with a big game, two for uh, two for three. Yeah, and I had read Ashby has just been having a really crazy year. I think the I think the team is one in eleven and might be one in twelve now in his last thirteen starts. So he just does not provide anything for them at this but, point but but again this is where the win-loss statistic oh, right. is tricky man it's, right. just, it's just like adrian sampson it's like how mm-hmm. in all those starts when he you know there's some games where he didn't pitch great but for the most part he kept you in every game you figure you score some runs you find a way to win some of these you know games absolutely so let's move over to saturday our cubs got to fly the w again so we moved to saturday afternoon game two cubs again of course hosting the brewers and marcus stroman freddie peralta your pitching matchup yeah, the Cubs are going to take this one 6-5. to five. Again, a lot of excitement in the game. And to me, it was one of the best starts I've seen out of Stroman since he's been in Chicago, mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Top of the first, Yelich walks. Willie Adamas singles. Telez lines out. Uh, so now you have runners at first and second. McCutcheon grounds into uh, – I'm sorry, first and third. McCutcheon grounds into what should have been a double play. But Zach McKinstry threw it kind of low and away from Madrigal, who's able to get the runner at second, but they can't turn the double play and the Cubs trail one to nothing. So you could you saw the frustration on Stroman's face, but you know after that, you know th- you know he just was locked down. Bottom of the fifth, uh, McKinstry walks, Morell out on strikes, Madrigal reaches on a fielder's choice, McKinstry out at third, and then Wilson Contreras homers. And so the Cubs take a two to love, two to one lead. Top of the eighth, Stroman's still pitching, and he basically, I mean, he just lights out. Omar Navarez grounds out. When Stroman is pitching to Keston Hira, it looks like he hyperextended his knee. So it was kind of, he kind of gave out on him. And so uh, they come to check on him, the trainer and stuff, and then he's throwing a couple warm-up pitches. He gets Keston Hira to line out. Uh, Yelich singles. And so with two outs, Stroman is pull. Rowan Wick comes in, and Willie Adamas <laughs> hits a home run, and the Cubs trail three to two. The Wick Show. The Wick Show. Yeah, yeah, David Ross was getting a lot of questions this morning on 670 The Score about his love affair for Mr. Wick. It's, you know, and it's tough at this point in time where you got a bunch of young guys, and, and Rowan Wick is the veteran of the group, and you're, you're trying to – you know, closer by committee, trying to see how everybody does in each role and, and also being careful with the innings that you throw on that. So, you know, with a lot of these young guys, so it's tough, you know, and, and he had a stretch. Rowan Weck had, you know, he had a bad stretch, then he had a good stretch, and now he looks like he's struggling again. So a tough decision. And you never know how these things play out, you know. So you can go ahead and take a look at what happened with the Brewers. They put in Devin Williams into the game, you know, one of the elite closers, the stuff that he has is just absolutely ridiculous. Looks like he's throwing a wiffle ball. Yep. He gets Horner to ground out, so that's the first out in the ninth. Two outs left. Patrick Wisdom works a beautiful 10-pitch at bat. 
I, I don't get how he was able to stay alive in some of those, but it, he made him work. And a lot of the Cubs had good at bats this inning. Um, PJ Higgins flies out. Rafael Ortega pinch hits for Morrell, which, you know, usually happens. I don't know why David likes to pinch hit for Morrell with Ortega, but uh, Ortega walks. Wisdom gets to second. And so this whole time, uh, Devin Williams' pitch count is climbing. He's getting close to the 30. Magical singles, games tied to three. Contreras walks, but Haps strikes out to end the threat, hoping for a walk-off in the ninth. Doesn't happen. Williams threw 35 pitches in the inning. So great at-bats by the Cubs. And, you know, I was excited because then I'm thinking to myself, okay, now he's burned for tomorrow. He can't pitch on Sunday, you know? You would think. You would Top think. 10th. Urias is at second. He's the Manford man, pitch hitter, Mike Purcell singles. So the Brewers uh, lead four to three. Tyrone Taylor hit by the pitch. Yelich strikes out. Adams Adamas flies out. Rowdy Telez walks. Uh, Eric Ullman comes into the game. He gets McCutcheon to ground out. So trust me, I was sweating bullets on that one. You get to the yeah. bottom of the 10th, though. You're down four, three. Haps <laughs> at second. Suzuki lines out. Haps steals third. That was a huge play. Uh, Franmil Reyes lines out, but when Reyes lines out, Yelich catches the ball, and you know Yelich's arm is like Juan Pierre. It's a little spaghetti noodle arm. The guy can't throw out. It wasn't like Reyes hit the ball very hard. And when Yelich is transferring, and I don't think he even has thinking about even going. He's just going tagging back to third. As he's transferring the ball, it just slips right out of his hand and goes backwards, and Hap's able to score. And so the game is tied again, this time at four. So baseball God smiling on the Cubs on that one. Yeah, they went over that play over and over and over again on replay on TV that afternoon. Love it. Top of the 11th, McCutcheon on second. Hunter Renfro flies out to Ortega. McCutcheon advances to third. Suzuki, this, this one irritated me on this one, and I don't know if this is on Suzuki or what, but you have McCutcheon at second. And so it's a ball kind of in between Ortega and Suzuki. I felt that Suzuki should have called off Ortega because he had the more direct throw. And so that was, you know, something that kind of irritated me a little bit on that. And so McCutcheon's at third. Colton Wong reaches on a fielder's choice. It was a chopper to Higgin. He scores on the contact play. Higgins throws, uh, McCutcheon makes it very close play. So the Brewers lead again, five to four. Woodia strikes out. Caratini walks. Tyrone Taylor strikes out. We get to the bottom of the 11th. Nico Horner at second. Patrick Wisdom doubles. Game is tied at five. Wisdom takes over for uh, Horner at second. P.J. Higgins with the sack. Bunt moves Wisdom to third. Ortega intentionally walks. Um, Ortega makes it to second on defensive indifference. Magical reaches on a fielder's choice. Unfortunately for Magical, this one goes to Adamas, who does have a strong arm who gets Wisdom out at home and looks like Wisdom injured his finger. Uh, he got it x-rayed. It's negative. But, you know, you just hate seeing that run, at, uh, you know, out at the plate. But then Wilson Contreras, and we've talked about this, about not being clutch, Dustin. I saw him have one of the best at-bats I've seen him in a very long time in that type of situation where, what did I say? You know, you don't need a six-run home run. Just take what the pitcher gives you, put the ball in play. You have runner in scoring position. He hits a walk-off single, and the Cubs win. Absolutely brilliant uh, piece of hitting by Wilson there. Yeah, I was celebrating that one at Stadium Swim, watching the game on a 
foot TV screen in about 99 degree weather, so there was nothing better than Cubs flying oh. that W, having a couple of Coronas and watching that one in the pool. It was great. Great afternoon. My God. And Stroman, 7.2 innings pitch, two hits, guys. Two hits, two runs, four walks, five Ks. And in all honesty, like when you look at the two runs, like the one shouldn't have counted in the first inning because that double play should have been made if McKinstry throws the ball up high to – uh, magical. And then the other one was kind of after he hyperextended that leg and he didn't give up the hit that scored the run. He gave up the hit that allowed uh, the runner to be on, on second on that one. So, you know, really not his fault at all. Just brilliant there. The offense had six runs on eight hits, 11 left on base, um, you know, did pretty good with the runners in scoring position. Magical three for six, Contreras two for five. The Brewers offense, again, pretty good. Peralta six innings pitch, four hits, two runs, three walks, five Ks. They had five runs on four hits, nine left on base, one for nine with runners in scoring position, and Willie Adames was two for four. So, you know, looking great. You know, brooms are out. We're ready for the sweep, Dustin. Ready for the sweep. Brooms are out. You got Justin Steele, Brandon Woodruff. What a matchup. And uh, Steele opened the first by striking out the side, Crowley, and you were feeling really good at that point. Well, the beers helped, too, because I was at the game. I was on the rooftop uh, right outside at Wrigley View Rooftops. And uh, I get there, and who do you think I see as I'm walking up to the stadium? Ronnie Woo Woo. God, thank God, no. <laughs> Big lefty John Lester in yeah. the house. Nice. A big difference between him and Johnny Woo Woo. Ronnie Woo Woo. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and so I thought it was so awesome that Lester was there, especially kind of, you know, We've made the compare. It's not fair to put that on steel, but you know, people just think lefty, big body, country boy, you know, kind of those things that you just take a look, you know, loves hunting and fishing. Just there's, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a lot of Southern pitchers, sure, but you know, I, I just sat there and it was just so awesome. And steel pitched so well in front of uh, Lester. I was so happy. Bottom of the fourth, Ian Happ hits a solo home run, his 100th career home run, and the Cubs lead one nothing. Everybody's feeling good. Bottom of the fourth, Seiya Suzuki puts some anger in one. Drives one 400 feet. Cubs are up 2-0. Everything's looking good. But in the top of the seventh, Mark Leiter Jr.'s in the game. Justin Steele is done after six. Uh, McCutcheon singles. Hunter Renfro lines out to left. McCutcheon caught stealing. Rowdy Telez. I told you I hate this man. He homers <laughs> to right center 444 feet. And so at that point, you know, yeah, there was no, there was no doubt about, there was no doubt about that one, Crowley. No. And so you're, you're sitting here and you're going, Oh God, Brandon Hughes comes into the game. The first better he faces Keston Hero homers. And so now all of a sudden you have a tie game and then things just really start to fall apart. Rowan Wick comes in top of the eighth Colton Wong singles wild pitch moves him to second pinch hitter. Christian Yelich walks wild pitch moves Wong to third Willie Adams with a sack fly. Wong scores, and the Cubs trail three to two. And then McCutcheon lines into an unassisted double play. So nice play by Magical. And then top of the ninth, Curvin Castro, my pick for the next guy to be DFA'd. He comes in with one out. He gives up the walk to Rowdy Telez, and Keston Hira hits his second homer of the game. Cubs trail five to two, and that's going to be the final score. But you, you know the Cubs were in it. I mean, it's a tie game going into the eighth. Yep, they were in it. Listen, you can't win them all. It would have been nice to win the game. Justin Steele had a heck of an afternoon. Um, this just was the time the bullpen couldn't hold it together. Right. Steele had six innings pitched, two hits, 
So you, when you think about Stroman only gave up two hits, Steele only gave up two hits, one walk and nine Ks. Kervin Castro currently has a 12.96 ERA. The offense had two runs on five hits, four left on base. They went 0 for 3 with runners in scoring positions, so not a lot of chances. Good to see uh, Suzuki go 3 for 3, but unfortunately no one else got hits. Happ and Reyes each had one hit, and that was it for the offense. The Brewers, Woodruff was 5.2 innings pitched, uh, four hits, two runs, two walks, five Ks. The offense had five runs on seven hits, three left on base, 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. Hira, 2 for 4 with three RBIs. He has really come on lately. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are listening to Season 1, Episode number 26. This one, Crowley, we are calling Battling the Brew Crew and something we promised you all the way back on Season 1, Episode 1, is that we are going to keep you guys in the loop about the young guns, the up-and-comers, the future of the next great Cubs, good or great team, and we're not going to let you down. We've got an interview here with South Bend Cubs pitcher, ranked 22nd on their top 30 specs. His name is Porter Hodge. All right, next up on Fly the W, I am joined by Cubs South Bend pitcher Porter Hodge. How you doing, Porter? I'm good. It's it's good to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Hopefully it's not too early for you. You guys had a late night game last night, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not too early. I get I like to get up early anyways. All right, so Porter, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from Salt Lake City, Utah, yes? Yes, sir. And uh, I'm not too sure. Is there a vibrant baseball scene out in Utah? Is it uh, a lot of a lot of players coming out of there? Um, I, I mean, baseball there isn't really like. I wouldn't say it's like huge. I'd say football's a little bit bigger, but we there's a quite a bit kids that come out of there. I guess we have a we. I grew up watching the AAA team for the Angels, Salt Lake Bees, so I've always been around it pretty much. Okay, and so that which minor league affiliate was were they with at the time? Um, it, it's been the Salt Lake Bees for a while. They've been with the Angels for a while. For the Angels, so is yeah. that the team that you rooted for growing up? Uh, the Angels. Yeah, I, I was a Red Sox fan. Red Sox fan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, I'm looking. You're number thirty-four. Yes. And there's a couple good thirty-fours that have some Cub history, but also one that also has a Cub and Boston history. Uh, Johnny Lester, obviously, and then uh, Kerry Wood. Did you pick that number for any particular reason or? Um, you know, it's my spring training number, so I just want to keep it with 34. I like the number. 
Yeah, yeah like I said, uh, you know, Carrie, Carrie Wood, John Lester, Porter Hodge, I can do that. Um, <laughs> so as you're growing up, you're going to these games. Was baseball for your first love, or were there other sports that you were playing at the time? Um, growing up, I played football, basketball, and baseball, but I excelled better in um, baseball because – not it. Um, when I got to high school, we pretty had a, we pretty much had to stop playing all the other sports because my coach didn't like us playing other sports. So, yeah. All right. You know, usually they kind of you know we we try to encourage kids to play multiple sports. But uh, hey, if that was your love, man, and that was your best, completely understand it. Uh, now, as you start to kind of go here into the draft, walk me through that process of draft day. Back in 2019. Yeah, 2019. I mean, it seems like forever ago, honestly, but I was hoping to get taken whenever, you know, I didn't really want to go to school. I don't, if I felt like I went to school, I wouldn't know what to do. It would have been a waste of time. So I'm thankful to, for the opportunity that was given to me. So the Cubs pick you in 2019, 13 round of the draft. And so how much did you know about the Cubs at that point in time, as far as the organization is concerned? Um, not really that much, to be honest. All right. Well, don't worry. We'll get you caught up with the history and all that stuff. You'll be all good. And so you go out to the Arizona, uh, fall, the Arizona complex, and that had to have been mind blowing to go from a high school in Salt Lake city to what they have out in Arizona. That is some of the best facilities in all of baseball. Yeah, it's definitely, it's beautiful. I love, I love working out there. I love the atmosphere. It's a really great place. And so you get to your, say, first spring training, and what was that like for you? Did you see some of the big-time players, the stars? Because you still had a lot of a lot of good Cubs te- players on that team. Yeah, I saw Chris Bryant and all the other big guys. That, and But I wasn't there much because – well, I was there because my back, so I got there a little earlier than others, but then COVID happened, so I didn't really see much. Yeah, that, you know, it, it just kills me. So what did you do during that COVID era, COVID time, to kind of keep yourself in shape? Um. I I umpired little kids and worked, uh, worked two jobs, just trying to keep myself busy because I like to keep myself busy just the way I am. Umpiring for little kids. So that, yeah. that had to have been tough because I know how little league parents are, man. Did anyone give you any slack or any grief? Yeah, it's just funny because, like, people be like, oh, you don't know the rules. Like, all right. <laughs> See, yeah, you don't know the rules. So So does that make you kind of have a different outlook as far as how you treat umpires? Um, you know, I don't really, I try and stick away from that, you know, cause it's just a bad look. I feel like just talking smack on the umpire. I don't know. I don't really care to. So you, you, you get down there into the Arizona complex and, uh, you know, were there any players that you kind of started to kind of hang out with different pitchers or guys that you were like kind of all coming into it together and kind of hanging out and talking baseball? Um, yeah, I like, um, he was drafted in my year, but he got traded to the Red Sox. His name is Zach Bryant. All right, so you're like, oh, man, that's my team, but no, don't worry about it. So you probably follow him a little bit still yeah. right now then. Yep, for sure. All right, that, that, that's awesome. And so you get to the Arizona Complex, and uh, you start throwing for the first time, and, and, and what changes do you think that the Cubs made to kind of help you become a better pitcher? Um, just changing my slider grip and work, um, work on ironing, ironing out my mechanics more. It's definitely helped me come a long way. And so you feature fastball, slider, curveball, correct? Yes, and then changeups coming here. Changeups coming. All right, yeah. that's what you're working on there. But your bread and butter pitch, would you say, is slider? Yes, for sure. Oh man, and and it seems I don't know. Just in my opinion, it seems like the Cubs are really doing good things with the slider. As far as you're seeing a lot of pitch, pitchers starting to 
uh, feature that pitch. And it's just, I, I, you know, just looking at some of the prospects, it's just looking kind of amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely putting on everybody else, at least trying it, letting them try it out. So, And that's uh, Daniel Moscos, who's really kind of been one of the guys. He came from the Yankees, and now he's over with the Cubs. He seems to be the, I don't know, is he the slider guru, or what would you call him? I honestly, personally, haven't talked to him. Okay. So I wouldn't know. I started working on it with um, Casey Jacobson and Doug Wiley, which is, he's not with us anymore. All right, yeah, that's, that's the tough thing, is those guys kind of move on. So talk to me, you sit there and you get uh, moved over to South Bend, and, or I'm sorry, into Myrtle Beach. And when you're in Myrtle Beach, you guys had an absolutely amazing first half of this season. Talk to me about that. You know, it was just like we were bound to win, you know. It's just like every time we took the field, especially getting Pete Armstrong and Kevin Made, like once we got that full lineup going, it was just like we were unstoppable. Yeah, and, and and so you guys are now. Most of you guys have moved up to South Bend. A lot of, I mean, basically the starting rotation for Myrtle Beach is the starting rotation for South Bend in the second half. Yeah. So that that's that's kind of got to be fun to watch because now Myrtle Beach will be in the postseason, and you guys right now you move up when in July to go to uh, South Bend. Uh yeah, I I got moved up at the All Star break. So now that you're up there, what was the key difference, would you say, between Myrtle Beach and South Bend, the, the low A to high A? How, what kind of differences did you notice right away as a pitcher? Um, you know, I'd say the hitters have a little bit better um, approach, but I'd say it's kind of similar. Right. And so in April, was it April, you were the pitcher of the month, Cubs minor league pitcher of the month. And so that had to have been an amazing honor for you. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it, honestly. I didn't even know they did that. <laughs> and so now you you, you know you, you you win in the first half of the low a you get moved up and now south bend is making a run to try to take first place in with the high a south bend cubs and right now you guys are on a nice little three game tear and uh you pitched I was, I was so excited because it was, uh, what was it? It was supposed to be Wednesday night you were supposed to pitch? Yeah, and this little stupid cloud came out of nowhere and ruined the night for it. <laughs> but how excited are you when you get to pitch on Marquee Network? Does it, do, you, do you think about it that much or not really? I don't really think about it. I think it's cool, but like I try not to overpress it. Okay, so th this is the thing I'm laughing about, man, is that like I'm looking and you are facing what? The, the, the Sky Carps right now, correct? Yes, and you guys were tied up coming into the series. Uh, we, I think we were up one or two games. Okay. One yep. game. Yeah, and then we lost that first game, so we were tied up. Tied up, and then they had to face you, and then they had to face Luis Devers, and then they had to face Cole Franklin. I mean, as, as a pitcher, right, you know, you pitch, what, every five days. It's got to be fun to watch that rotation, uh, you know, after you. Do you watch some of those guys and see what they're doing? Um, like Cole Franklin and them? Like Cole and Luis and those guys? Yeah, it's just like we have a pretty good um, rotation. You know, it's fun to watch, come out every day, watch them compete. Yeah, and, and, and what I've been kind of talking about, I've talked to a couple of the guys from South Bend, especially the pitchers, and it's just like as a pitcher, when you take a look at the outfield, I'm trying to think of a, a better outfield that the Cubs have ever had in a minor league system when you look at the guys – yeah, like four, like four top-tier outfielders out there. I yeah. mean, as a, as a pitcher, you got to say to yourself, ah, just let him hit it in the air, no big deal. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely nice having him back there. You know, a lot of faith, a lot of trust. 
I mean, you know, watching some of the plays that Pete Crow Armstrong makes out there defensively is some, I mean, just all of the guys, it just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable as a Cub fan. So the one thing I keep asking the minor league players, because there's so much talent here, if you were talking to a buddy and say, Hey, come out to South Bend, you know, you got to watch these one or two guys. Like who would you tell your buddy to like, keep an eye on if, if they had an opportunity to come to South Bend, somebody that you like to watch from the dugout. You know, that PCA is definitely fun to watch, you know, he, the way he approaches it and just the way he walks and like, it's just, a, it's just fun to watch. He's nice. definitely a different breed. Any other pitchers that you kind of like blow your mind, their stuff that you're kind of watching? Um, I'd say Devers, it's like every once in a while he'll like get um, beat up a little bit and then he like, he has a different mantra the rest of the game. So just like the first inning he gave up a bomb and then next thing you know, he was unhittable. So it's just fun to watch. Nice. And do you have any friends in the affiliation that you in the Cubs in different say leagues that you kind of watch and keep an eye on? Um, I mean, I was watching Tyler Schaefer when I left Myrtle, but you know he's hurt right now, so it's kind of sad. And me and him are pretty close, same draft class. But I like to I like to keep um I like to watch Myrtle. You know, just keep just keep in um seeing how they're doing. It's fun to watch. So Even going, a little struggling right now, but it's still fun to watch like these young guys come up and see what they can do. All right. Growing up, was there any pitcher that you admired and said to yourself, Hey man, like, like, uh, you know, I want to be like this guy when I get older. You know, I didn't really, I don't really pay attention to sports. So like, uh, it's kind of a bad look. I think, I don't know, but I don't really think that like, I didn't ha think I didn't have someone in my mind. <laughs> No, you know, I, I've actually kind of like some players are 100% all in when they're little. Others say, I just like to play. I don't like to watch. Yeah, 100%. So I, I can understand that. So when you're away from baseball, what do you see yourself doing? Like when you're not when you're not uh, on the mound, when you're not with the team, the offseason comes, what do you like to do for fun or just kind of to enjoy yourself? I like to hunt, fish, and hike and hang out with my family, my dogs, you know, just the good old stuff. Yeah, the hunting and the fishing. Yeah, you know, I, what, what do you fish for here? Let me, I just got to ask because I like to fish too. Um, I, we have trout and we have some small mouth and some large mouth, but it's not, it's getting bigger, but mainly trout. Okay, so like where I am at the lakes, it's more like pike and bass and that kind yeah, of stuff. We have pike too, yeah. Yeah, so you, you do any fly fishing or not? Um, I mean, we have the Provo River. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's blue ribbon fishing and it's like some of the best fly fishing, but fly fishing is definitely hard, you know. <laughs> yeah I, I i my brother's out in colorado and i was like he's like you want to try it i'm like dude that's way too much work i you know i just like to sit in the boat and drink beer and cast a couple <laughs> oh, yeah. cast a couple rounds there and uh so now as you sit there have you ever had the opportunity to go to wrigley field yet um i mean i went the, the other day when i first got down here i went and drove with cole franklin on the off day and checked it out but i haven't gone to wrigley field yet were you able to get inside and walk around and check it out? No, we just we had, we we're on a tight time schedule, so like we only drove by it, checked out Wrigleyville and Obvious shirts. Oh God, they're great, Joe over at Obvious. So, yep. yeah, when you when, you know, it's one of those things that if you ever come to Wrigley, you know, reach out and we'll we'll get make sure you get in there and get a chance to look out. But have you ever thought about yourself as far as like, do you give yourself like a timeline, like, man, I hope I'm at Wrigley by X date or? Or do you just kind of let the process play out? You know, I try and worry about the now. It's like when you worry about the future, it's usually when everything starts to go downhill. Now, do you know any players in the Cubs organization that are at the big league level right now or no? Yeah, Brandon Hughes and Christopher Morell. 
So how cool is that? You 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 got to probably <clears throat> check it out when they're on TV, right? Uh, yeah, it's definitely cool seeing Brandon up there. He's come a long way, becoming a hitter to pitcher. So it's fun to watch. Yeah, and so it's to me, I take a look at, you know, Jed Hoyer kind of brings up this idea of the next great Cubs team. And I'm looking and I got to ask you, be honest with me. They just came out with the updated top 30 prospect list. Do you guys look at that stuff or do you not? Of course, yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> everybody tweets it out and like it's just like on your your Twitter feed and stuff. So, and you know what number you are, right? Yeah, twenty two. So that that has got to be exciting for you to kind of jump in and, and and for me, you know, for some of us that watch the prospects, it's just kind of fun to see and and I just feel like you know the development just keeps coming. You talk about you're working on your changeup, you know. So you got you know four pitches. That's going to be a pretty good arsenal. And hopefully, like, like I said, you know, our goal, our hope is that you end up coming to Wrigley sooner rather than later. hundred percent. You know, it, it looks like a good vibe, you know, it's in this, like the suburbs. So it's a pretty cool area. <clears throat> yeah. It's one of the only parks that's built in a residential area. And we actually have a party going on. We actually had a party last uh, was it a week or two ago where, where it was two weeks ago where your buddy, where Brandon came out, he came to check out, we have a, we have a Cubs band that plays Cubs songs. And so he, you know, you could just walk to a bar and check out that there. And then uh, we have a rooftop party on Sunday. So you see the rooftops, uh, Patrick wisdom, a couple of the guys, maybe Morell are going to be walking across the street after the game, come check it out and part, you know, see what, see what, see what the scene is. So you're going to really have a good time there. So it's pretty cool. uh, is there anything that you want to plug of your own, whether your social media or anything else that you're doing right now? Um, can you go into a little more depth about that? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, what is your Twitter account? Is there, are you working on anything as far as something that you want people to know about that's going on? Um, not really, honestly, just, I try and, not, I try and stay out of that stuff, you know, drama on Twitter. It's like, <laughs> I'm not really into much social media. Just have it, just have it, just stay in touch with everybody. Honestly, that's, that's probably the safest best bet to go about it. Well, Porter, I totally appreciate you coming on here. Uh, we are wishing you nothing but success in your career. And I promise that when you get to Wrigley one day, I will be there cheering you on. Thanks for having me. No Sounds problem. Good. You keep doing you. And, and, and thanks for coming on. And we'll talk to you again in the future. All right? Sure. Have a good one. Take care. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast as we are recording this. The Cubs are warming up, getting ready to take on the Cardinals who have invaded Wrigley Field. They are in first place in the Central with 69 wins. And they are here to take on the Cubs who are also hot, just not quite as hot as the Cardinals are, Crowley. Oh, man. You know, it makes it really makes me nervous because they, they are just absolutely rolling. When we talk about who's hot and who not, who's not, uh, Franmil Reyes still hitting 333. Seiya Suzuki, 316 for the last seven days. Not Nico Horner, 150. And Nelson Velasquez, 133 in the last uh, seven days. So not so good. As far as the cards are concerned, Paul Goldschmidt in the last seven days. How many times are we going to say his name, do you think, in the next podcast? He's hitting 542 in the last seven days. And Albert Pujols is dipping into the fountain of youth or maybe something else. Who knows? He's hitting 615 in the last seven days. Not their infield is struggling. Tommy Edmond, second baseman, 188. Paul DeYoung is hitting 100 on the money. Right before we got ready for this podcast, I noticed, Crowley, they announced that Goldschmidt and Poolholz were the co 
National League Players of the Week, and Albert Pujols is closing in on his 700th career home run. Yeah, and 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 I think he's actually going for they put him in for tonight's lineup because if he hits a home run, he ties Barry Bonds with the most amount of home runs off a different pitcher. Mm. So completely, you know, number of pitchers that they they've hit home runs off of. Off of, yep, makes sense, makes sense. So, you know, we got game one going on, and so a lot going on with these five games, of course, and with the doubleheader. I'll be there Tuesday night. But um, we know for game one for sure, Drew Miley's taking, Drew Smiley's taking on uh, Jordan Montgomery. We got a 7.05 start on that. Jordan Montgomery, 6-3 and three with a 3.29 ERA, 114Ks, while Drew Smiley has had an unbelievable month of August, even though he's 5-6 and six with a 3.67 ERA, 65Ks. He's heating up at the right time. Jan Gomes hits um, Montgomery pretty well, 400 at 10 at bats. Uh, nobody else has really seen him all that much. Fran Mil Reyes, four at bats, hits 500 off him. Uh, Drew Smiley against the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado hits 429 off him. <laughs> and then do I have to say Paul Goldschmidt, five at bats, he hits 400 off him. So, uh, you know, buckle up. It's going to be an interesting one. Yes, it will be an interesting one. Anytime the Cardinals come to town, it's always interesting. And we're not asking for it yet, Crowley, but I'm going to say my usual. And this one, of course, this is a four-game series. Uh, just don't get swept, okay? Just I, don't get swept. 100% with you on that one, man, 100%. Just don't get swept. we got a doubleheader on Tuesday. Also some news on the doubleheader, Crowley, coming up. Game one, uh, the Parkins and Spiegel show on 670 the score if you're not aware they are throwing out the first pitch and they're debating which one of the guys should actually be the one to get to throw the ball well i, I was listening and I've, i hear danny parkins is trying to get some redemption he's 0 for 2 i've thrown one first pitch and that was at the south bend cubs game and i i threw a strike i guess parkins has bounced it in twice yeah boy so, nice so, job you know i would say if, if i think parkins should hand the ball off even though you know he doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'd love Spiegel to get a chance. What a, what a cool honor, though. I mean, it's one thing to get to sing the seventh inning stretch, I guess, which is a pretty cool honor, but to actually throw the first pitch, I think it's really cool. Yeah, it, it should be fun, and hopefully those guys, you know, I mean, how could you not, like, you know. I, when we get to the offseason, there was three times that I almost won an opportunity to throw out a first pitch, and it's crushed me, my soul, every time. I've been so damn close, Dustin. Yeah, you've won a lot of nice Cubs stuff, though, probably. So, you know, it's, I, I trade in a couple of the Cubs things you've won for throwing out a first pitch. And we got late-breaking information into this podcast, Crowley, as far as who was going to th actually throw the real first pitch of the game for the Chicago Cubs. And it's, uh, it's a youngster coming on up for the minors. Yeah, Javier Assad's an interesting case right there. He... Uh, you know, we've been talking about all these guys, whether it's Jordan Wick and DJ Hertz, and we have, we're going to have Porter Hodge. You heard his interview. Uh, Javier Assad has just really kind of taken the very slow route to get here. So for a guy, you know, I talk to, you know, a lot of these players sometimes about, was there ever a, a moment in your mind where you just kind of thought about throwing in the towel, you know, and, and, and it's hard for these guys, you know, Javier Assad, 2016, he was signed. He went to Arizona rookie league ball. And he was still there when the Eugene uh, Oregon, uh, Eugene uh, Emeralds, they were uh, a minor league affiliate for the Cubs. Remember, they cut one affiliate from each team. Eugene was the one that they cut for the Cubs. 
And, you know, Assad went through there. He went to Myrtle Beach. He went through uh, South Bend. His 2020 obviously was cut. But the last two seasons, 2021 and 2022, he's just kind of had a tick in his fastball. His cutter looks better. And so this is a, a kid that has, has really fought to get this start. And so, you know, it, it's really cool when you have a story like this. And uh, hopefully he can make the, the best of his start and see what happens. Absolutely. I love it. Development, right? This is a reason to watch it on watch it on television or better yet, watch it on the radio with Pat and Ron. Um, I'm definitely interested to hear what kind of a job Assad can do on Tuesday afternoon at Wrigley Field. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then you're uh, going to you're going to game you're going to the game at night. Then right, you're going to the the third game of the series. Yeah, seven oh five. Adrian Sampson versus Matt Libertor is what we're seeing right now. So um, with Adrian Sampson, you you can kind of take a look. We we talked about him. Great start last last outing. Got that win. I would love to see him get another win on the belt so I can uh, I can fly my W flag. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, just such a great season for Adrian Sampson. You know, I'm sure he has some sort of role in next year's team based on his performance so far. Yeah, go go Adrian. Let's just say that. Let's just say go Adrian. Now we get to game four, and it looks like we know who the Cardinals are going to throw, but right now I got the big old TBD staring me in the face, Crowley. Yeah, and you know Miles Michael is, is absolutely like, you know, it was – I remember the Cubs were trying to get him back when he was he was in Asia throwing, and all of a sudden a couple teams were interested, and he chose the Cardinals, which makes me hate him even more. Uh, he also has <laughs> got a stupid mustache, and it just kind of irritates me every time I see him. But the guy is just a really, really good pitcher, and you know, once again having an absolutely phenomenal season, 3.32 ERA. I mean, the guy, you know, 10 and nine, but he just always keeps you in it. Eight innings pitched against Arizona on. August 19th, he gives up two hits, one earned run. Um, against Milwaukee, he went eight innings, gave up four hits, two earned runs. You know, things kind of got thrown off for him. He had a bad, bad start on August 9th against Colorado, um, and that was at Colorado. And you know those weird Coors games. He gave up 14 hits and 10 runs. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I would say, uh, you know, it is what it is, and hopefully the Cubs can have good at-bats. Absolutely. Listen, development, good at bats. Adrian Sampson's out there the day before. TBD's out there in game number four. We'll, we'll see what happens, Crowley. This is all, at this point, we'll see what happens. But at least they've been competitive enough. They've tried hard, hard enough. Th these guys have not quit at, at, at all. They have been ultra competitive. So they are giving you a reason to tune in on television and or the score. Right, and, and what you kind of see is, is that with these guys, you know, Ian Happ is somebody, both Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras hit Michael as well. Uh, Contreras, 369. Uh, Happ ends up hitting 304 off of him. Uh, so both those guys are up there. Nico Horner hits 400 off of Miles Michaelis, and Rafael Ortega hits 400 off him. So maybe, you know, the bats, there's, there's guys that we have that can hit Michaelis. So see what happens on that one. And then, Crowley, we got game five. You got Marcus Stroman back out there for the Cubs. Yeah, hopefully everything's good with the knee. Like I said, you had a little hyperextension, but he seemed fine. Again, two runs on two hits in his last start, uh, you know, against the Brewers. So I'm really kind of taking a look and saying to myself, let, let's, you know, hopefully he can continue with that. The Cardinals are throwing Dakota Hudson 6-6 six and six with a 433 ERA, 66 Ks, while Stroman is 3-5 and five with a 383 ERA. 
Uh, Wilson Contreras, not so great against him, but you can see Jan Gomes has good numbers, so maybe rest Wilson that day. I mean, five games, that's going to be a lot of games. So Yeah, six- you, you got to be careful there, right? That, that's where you have to start getting careful. And it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be a, a pretty decent weather week. The heat, the heat's still here, so... The wear and tear, we've got we've to be aware of that and, and be smart about that. So you've won a lot of money gambling. Paul Goldschmidt, do you, would, you, would you put him at over or under 400 against Marcus Stroman? Ooh, career? Career. I'm going to say over because the way, only because of the way you asked the question. Paul Goldschmidt, 462 against yep. Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. literally every time I look at numbers, you know, like occasionally you'll see a guy like, like Corey Dickerson, his 415. But or an Arenado, 278, Dylan Carlson, 125. But every time with Goldschmidt, like who who owns Goldschmidt? I got to start doing some digging into the numbers. Who 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 absolutely has Goldschmidt's number? Because I I sure as hell haven't seen it through any of the Cubs pitchers. Now, I hope there's a lot of uh, four ball intentional walks. That's what I'm hoping uh, happens quite a bit. Yeah, and like I said, it's just tough when you got Arenado right behind you. And I know he's not Goldschmidt, but. You know, it's it's just tough, and, and like we talked about, these guys that are coming in, they're going to have to learn how to deal with these situations. Goldschmidt ain't going anywhere, and so you're going to have to face him again next season, and you can't just keep walking the guy, not as long as you have Arenado behind him. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of an end of an era, right, this this trip into Wrigley Field, the, these games. If you're, if you're into the Cubs-Cardinals rivalry, I mean, this is going to be the last time Albert Pujols is playing for the Cardinals in Wrigley Field, and we would also assume it's the last time Yadier Molina, I don't know if you caught that story, very odd. He wasn't with the team last weekend, Crowley. He went back to Puerto Rico to take care of some business on a professional basketball team he owns in Puerto Rico, so left the team for a couple days, but he's now joined them back in Chicago. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, you know, Yachty makes his own rules. He's the manager of that team anyway. Um, I got to ask you, Dustin, mm-hmm. you know, we have seen it over the years. I remember with Derek Jeter or, all, you know, just different players on their retirement tour like Pujols and like Molina that occasionally the opposing team will give a gift. Uh, the Cubs are notorious for giving certain things, especially the numbers from the old scoreboard uh, of their, you know, the jersey numbers. Do you think Albert Pujols or Yadier Molina are going to get the treatment, the red carpet treatment for the Cubs, as this could potentially, as this is going to be their last time at Wrigley Field? Okay, it's it's a loaded question. Do do I think they will? Yes, yeah, not, I think not, they not will. What you would, not what but, you would do, but what you yeah, think. Okay. The yes, I, yes, I do. I do think they will get something for sure. I mean, both guys have been a part of this rivalry and have played. I mean, gosh, I'd love to think, what do you think the over-under is on games played by those two guys at Wrigley Field, right? It's got to be excess of 50? Easily. 100? You know, 100 combined. So, yes, I, I do think they'll do the right thing. Would I give them anything? No. <laughs> I, I might I might give them a bad, you know, like a bad pork chop and hope they might have to, you know, be in the john and not be able to play in the game. That's what I might give them. Okay. I, I, I knew where you were coming from. I just didn't know what you thought the Cubs were going to no, do. No, the Cubs will the Cubs will do the right thing. I just would do the wrong thing. And, and the thing, I, you know, that you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier is that this team has been fighting. I know the mm-hmm. record sucks. You know, guess what? Any team that loses pretty much three pitchers from their starting rotation are, is going to suck. Mm-hmm. That's just, that just, you know, I don't know if you remember, 1985. They're coming off the 1984 year. All their pitchers got injured, like boom, 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 and they, the team did awful. You're just not going to win when your starting pitching all goes down. 
And yeah. you you seen it was it was Smiley, it was Miley, it was Miley still struggling. You know, he's still you know throwing off flat ground now. He didn't do his bullpen the other day. This team though has fought, and unfortunately, they've lost a lot of one-run games. They've lost a lot of extra inning games, but they have fought a lot. And they compared to last year, their numbers are way better against Milwaukee and way better against the Cardinals. And that team for at least half the season had Rizzo and Baez and Bryant and those guys. Speaking of pitchers lost, um, something we should mention that also just popped right before we started recording this, um, and he's in the house tonight talking to reporters, so we can probably get to that sound on our next podcast, Crawley, but uh, Kyle Hendricks definitely shut down for the rest of the year. He's pitched his last game for the Cubs, at least for this year. Well, you know, we kind of knew that. You're running out of time. The minor leaguers are going, you know, their season's going to be ending in a couple of weeks. Um Usually the minor leaguers end right around like early to mid-September and then you get into the postseason there. But like, you know, you're starting to shut down. There's just not a lot of opportunity for Kyle to get better. And at this point, there's no point in rushing him. You know, just a legendary Cub for everything that he's done. And you just want him to get better and come back strong for next season. Right. All right. Prediction time, Crowley. How how are you? Uh, how are, I'm going to let you go first this time. How are you seeing Cubs Cardinals over the next couple of days? What does Pat always say throughout the records? Um, I'm going to say Cubs take, uh, they're going to take two out of the five. So they're going to go two and three. Two and three. Okay. I'm going to say, unfortunately, because I think the Cardinals, I think they really want this right now. And I am only, the reason Crowley too is the, it's the starting pitching. Right, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It, Drew Smiley's been okay. Samson's been decent, but does he all of a sudden run out of gas? I don't know who TBD is. Neither do you. I don't know much about the Sasad kid. The only guy I'm going to go for is Game Five when I'm hoping the Cubs don't get swept, and that's Marcus Stroman. Well, you know, the, all you all you can do is play the games, and, and like right. I said, what, what Pat says is that you know. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is. The Cubs and Cardinals always bring out the best in each other, and so hopefully, you know, the Cubs continue. They're both hot. Something's got to give, and maybe, maybe it's the Cubs that are going to end the uh, Cardinals' hot streak. Absolutely. Well, let's hope for that, Crowley. I know before we wrap up this edition, you were at a pretty cool event uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Club Four Hundred Palooza on a rooftop at Wrigley View Rooftops. Uh, we had uh, we we did uh, we had an absolute crazy party and uh, so many people came out. Uh, we had the Bleacher Bum Band. We had David Booth as a magician, um, Miguel Esparza from the Spanish Cub broadcast, Wayne and Kathleen Mesmer, and then I did a Q and A with Patrick Wisdom, which was a lot of fun and and we we had a lot of laughs. And all the money is going to charity to help Cub fans helping Cub fans. So I just wanted to kind of give a quick shout out to everybody that was able to come to the event. Absolutely. We'll keep everybody, including me, Crowley, posted on the next uh, Club 400 event. i got to get myself out to one of those. So that's a wrap. This was Season 1, Episode number 26. We called this one Battling the Brew Crew. Can't wait to see what we come up with after the uh, Cubs and Cardinals. And we might be dropping that podcast on the afternoon after that series wraps up before the Cubs head back up north and they take on the Brewers this coming weekend up in Milwaukee. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FlyTheW670 and Instagram to get all sorts of great pictures from this weekend, and I'll have pictures up from Tuesday. And for any of your breaking news, and if you have any comments, suggestions, or just want to drop a line, FlyTheW at 670gmail.com.